What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Thursday episode of Flippin' Bats, where we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot going on in baseball, especially up in New York. What is going on with the Yankees, and will they make the playoffs? What should the Mets do at the trade deadline? We'll talk all about that. Justin Start on the mound last night. The Orioles, they're now in first place in the AL East, and we're going to do panic or patience. Four or five teams, and whether it's Time to panic or be a little more patient. This one's going to be a blast. Let's get to it. Five ball. Out of the track. At the wall. It's gone. Home run. Turns on a ball. Deep right field and gone. What a game. What a moment. What is up, my friends? Happy Thursday, everybody. Happy Thursday, Alex. And happy fun. Women's World Cup Day. It That's all kicked off really early for us last did, night. Did you watch? It started at, what, midnight our time? Yeah, midnight our time. Uh, New Zealand kicked things off, getting their first win in Women's World Cup history. 32 years, first like first time winning a match, which was absolutely insane in their like home stadium. So that was incredible. I imagine... Since I asked if you watched and got a blank look and no answer, that's a no. I know, I was sleeping. <laughs> I was sleeping last night. Um, I will watch USA tomorrow at 6 p.m. Pacific, though. 6 that's, p.m. That's Pacific a good time for me. Tomorrow. Tomorrow, Friday. Friday. Yeah. Okay. You're That'll gonna be, watch that one too. I'll watch that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You got to. I support. Support. Support the girls. Going for a three-peat. Support the girls and everybody we know in Australia exactly. right now. Half our of the, entire crew is our out entire there crew is in it. Australia. You know who else you were supporting? Who? Yesterday, your brother, he got yes. a good start. He had a great start. Eight innings, one run, seven strikeouts. You know what I like to see? And it was, it, this was evident very early on that, you know, we had talked throughout the year about his off speed and missing a, the first month of the season obviously hurts. So I just feel like all year long you're trying to play catch up. And it looked like last night, and, and his off-speed stuff was back. His slider was there. And for the first time this year, what I saw from his slider was what I saw last year and years prior, where guys at the plate don't look like they're swinging at a slider. They look like they're swinging at a fastball that's not there anymore. Mm. So, so you ended up getting a ton of swing and misses. He got seven strikeouts, a lot of them on that slider. So... Uh, yeah, off-speed stuff is back. It's dialed in. Last seven starts for Justin under a 2.5 ERA. So he's pitching well. He's uh, back? He's he's back. I think he's back. He's back. Yeah. Yeah. You, I mean, you have to, like, again, yeah. like you said, like the first month, he didn't have a spring training. So his first month is his spring training yeah. in the big leagues. That's not easy. Yeah, there's also not really a lot more time to figure things out. Uh -uh. Obviously, you know, like there's not the uh, the you, you don't have the ability to to struggle much longer because of no. how much how bad the team's been all year. So they're uh, they're starting to turn around. I think they're Ooh. nine and four in the month of July, but and a big part of that is the pitching. When the pitching goes at least mm -hmm. into the seventh inning, when the starters get into the seventh, the Mets have a really really good record this year. So I just liked. He pitched deep into the game, got mm -hmm. through eight innings, and it was honestly a question of like, does he go back out? Yeah. Like he was his pitch count wasn't super high. That was in check all game long. The command was great. That looked awesome. And for me, it's it's the slider. That was the big difference. His velocity is still 
been there mostly this year. He's up to 98 in his last start, uh, mid to upper 90s yesterday, a lot of the time when he needed it. And But it's it's the swings and misses that he was getting on his off-speed pitch that was different last night than I've seen all year long and something that we had talked about, and I know he'd been kind of looking for and tweaking here and there as off-speed, trying to find what had been there in the past and just I didn't need to see the movement. It, it's Look at the swings the other team was taking, that the White Sox were taking. And I know the lineup is a free-swinging lineup. Uh-huh. They swing a lot. But you could tell at the plate they weren't swinging at sliders. They were swinging at what they thought was a fastball that just disappeared. And I think that's that's the reason that that I'm able to say he's back. I struggled to say it because he walked those – God, that start against the Dodgers – he, had, yeah. he was no hitting the Dodgers through four and two thirds. And then yeah. he walked the seven, eight and nine guys to get to Mookie and Freddie. And, you know, I'm no expert, but that doesn't feel like the smart thing to do. No. If you're going to walk anybody, walk Mookie and Freddie and then get to the seven, eight. But whatever. Uh, last night was awesome. Justin's back. Yeah, it was a big win for Justin, big win for the Mets. We'll dive deeper into the Mets a little later in the show, but there was another big win last night. The Angels completing the sweep against the Yankees. The first time they've swept the Yankees in a three-game series in 14 years, and Shohei Otani went off in the first two games, got walked quite a bit in that third game. Four times. Yeah, yeah, four times. But that the big news that kind of came out of that was Artie Moreno coming out and saying that he will not Trade Shohei Otani to the Dodgers. It's 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 dumb. Yeah. Well, but look, I will acknowledge they are winning right now. Yeah. They sweep the Yankees. So, like, obviously, there's still what? Today's July 20th. So there's still 10, 11. Is there 31 days in July? 30 days has September, April, June, and yep, 31 days in July. So there's still 11. <laughs> What? <laughs> I was just watching your brain work. My mind goes, I'm like, oh, I'm May 27th. There's a 31st in May, so it's definitely not June. So, yeah, it's July. It's every other month is 31. That's the way my mind goes. But is you it went, every you other month? It. Yeah, you went like a whole song. Yeah, you know the song. Nope. 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest have 31 except February. Yeah. Cool. No, never knew that song. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> Flipping calendars with Ben and Alex. Um, yeah, it's it's just dumb. And obviously, we're we're talking if they make the decision to trade him, there's still eleven days left. But if you're going to trade him, like to to just say I'm not trading with the Dodgers. Well, guess what? He's a free agent at the end of the year anyway, and he could just sign with the Dodgers if he wants to. And if they and they certainly appear to be a top player in this, so you can't prevent Shohei from going to the Dodgers. So why not just if they're the best if they're the best package available? I I don't understand why you, why you wouldn't do it. It's I, it's it's dumb in my opinion. It just it feels like bad bid, business, kind of yeah. like how we were talking about before, where nope, we're not going to trade Otani at all. It's like okay, but if you can't keep them, and then you're going to lose them. It feels like bad business not to get something in return for him. You know, so if this is the best deal and the yeah. best return that you can get on a deal for Shohei Otani, why wouldn't you take it? You know what would be the ultimate play? Huh. I don't think he should say this. The ultimate play is this. Make a trade with the Dodgers. Have a pre-existing conversation with Shohei. If you think he wants to re-sign, say that. Let everybody knows that you, Shohei, the Angels, everybody's on board. 
trade him to the Dodgers, get as much as you can from the Dodgers, and then sign him back in the offseason. <laughs> so you've just milked the Dodgers. That's sneaky. And then you sign Shohei But you Shohei don't tell right the back. Dodgers, but Shohei's in on that? That doesn't seem honorable, and he's a very honorable, respectful honorable. human. The whole Japanese culture is extremely honorable. No, he's honorable. I'm, I'm saying it's not not Like, to what? It's good business. So if Otani's in on that, like, okay, yeah, I'll be on your side to milk the Dodgers for all their worth, and then I'll come back and sign with you? No, he wouldn't do that. That's not bad. That's not yeah, bad. Look at, look I at, don't feel good about it. Time out. Uh, a few years ago, what? I don't know what year it was. Yankees, Cubs. Okay. Yankees traded Araldis Chapman to yeah. the Cubs. They get back Glaber Torres in that deal. Cubs end up winning a World Series with uh-huh. Aroldis Chapman, and then he goes right back to the Yankees. So it wouldn't not be the the Dodgers are w- w- heavy. The Dodgers are World Series favorites if they add Shohei Otani. Yeah. So imagine a world in which I, I I don't think it's like I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think it would be like a sneaky good business it's thing. Extremely sneaky, very very sneaky. Ben. Like hey, you go very, go to the Dodgers. Sneaky. We'll load up for next year, and then you'll be part of our. We'll bring you right back. Uh huh. But not just there's so many like theories, possibilities. Is Is he going to stay in the American League? Is he going to go to the National League? What happens with the MVP situation if he goes? There's so many conversations right now around this, and we have like little like two weeks ish. What we learned eleven days. (laughs) Did you not hear my song, Alex? There's eleven days left. (laughs) I heard your song and didn't hear the number, (laughs) Um, but I did subconsciously. Did you see the our Fox Sports writers? All of them put together an article of like theoretical trades for Shohei Otani. I think there were like twelve. Okay. And if you haven't checked it out, you should go check that out. But I went through and. Yeah, it's just a it's an interesting conversation to have. I have one that I would put together from um you, I don't know if you saw my tweet. Shohei to Detroit. I'm all in. Imagine. <laughs> Imagine. Anyway, never. Yeah, never. Go, go never check out the gonna happen, Ben. Yeah. Never gonna happen. Yeah. No. Are you gonna share it or just go check out the tweet and the article? Was it a what? tease? What? The article? Yeah. Oh no, it's just twelve it was like twelve of our articles putting I can't put I can't tell you all the hypothetical trades, but like okay. twelve teams that are a potential signing. They all just right. went through and listed everybody, like prospects and everything you could get in return. The hall. The hall you the could get. The hall back. you would get. Yep. You would get the entire franchise. Then he would have nothing. And then he's he's not gonna win, and that's his number one thing. But we're on Shohei Otani watch for the next week and a half, which is exciting. Yeah. To say the least. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to our first segment, making a statement. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm going to give Ben some statements. You tell me if uh, you agree with them or you don't agree with them. Okay. Our first one. Offense is at an all-time high. Well, so this is coming on the heels of Tuesday. Where 12 teams scored double-digit runs. There were four games on Tuesday night where both teams scored 10 or more runs. Yes. Both teams. Tied for most ever. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. So this is actually, it's only happened three times. Yeah. And it's, this is wild. It's only happened three times. It happened July 4th, 1894. Oof. And then five days later, July 9th, 1894, and then didn't happen again for 129 years until Whoa. Tuesday night. Yeah. And then three games ended 11 to 10, which for the first time ever. So there, there was a lot of, it was like an offensive explosion on Tuesday. 
There was. Yeah. Now, I, I do not believe offense is at an all-time high. I think the new rules set in place this year were to try and get offense back a little bit because of how dominant the pitching is in this day and age. If you look at offensive run production over the last few years in baseball, starting in 2019, there was just a, a decline, right? 2021, 20, 22, and then heading in toward to 23, but they end up changing the, the rules to add offense, right? Bigger bases, meaning more infield singles, more stolen bases, the pickover rule, more stolen bases, limiting the shift, more hits, more infield singles. So all of that was to just try and bring offense back to the game a little bit, and it's certainly done that. Offense is higher now than it has been in the last few years, but we're in an age dominated by pitching. There has never been there has never been a time you know, this really started happening, I feel like, five-ish years ago. Everybody coming out of the bullpens, throwing 100 miles an hour, and it's moving all over the place. And we, what, did you, what do you need to do to alleviate that? You need to help bring offense about somehow. But no, offense definitely isn't at an all-time high. I mean, look at 98, 99, 2000, the steroid, the steroid era. I mean, come on. Yeah, you can't beat that. I mean, say what you it, will. You can't, but be, you can't beat the steroid era. Say what you will about the era, but it was a blast to watch baseball. <laughs> oh, it, it saved baseball. It saved baseball it saved from baseball. The, the strike and everything going on. Then you had McGuire and Sosa roided out of their minds, Woo! hitting homers. I mean, that was really the first, what, in 98, I was eight? No, six? Math is hard. I was six. <laughs> and I that's really like my first memory of watching baseball is that home run race that summer and then going out to a baseball field in Little League and everybody had those aluminum bats. It was either the blue Sammy Sosa bat or the red Mark McGuire bat. And it was just like it won baseball back over. Yep. It brought everyone back. So offense is not an all-time high. It's just back to being a little bit better than it was over the last few years where pitching really started dominating. That's fair. Let's yeah. move on to our next statement. The Yankees will miss the playoffs. Ooh. I don't see how you don't say yes at this point. It's They're nine games out of first place. They're in last place in the AL East. I'll do you one better. Okay. If, if the Yankees don't win this series against the Royals that starts on Friday, the weekend yeah. series, they should sell. Ooh. And they should reload Ooh. for next year. And I don't I don't care when Aaron Judge comes back. That obviously helps, but is it going to save their season? They're on a 94 loss pace mm. without Aaron Judge. 94 losses. Since May 20th, Anthony Rizzo doesn't have a homer and is hitting under 200. Giancarlo Stanton hitting under 200 on the season. DJ LeMahieu hitting 231. These problems go far deeper than Aaron Judge not being in the lineup. I mean, this team has has problems. Big problems. It's offensive problems. It's 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 not just an Aaron Judge issue here. Um so I, I don't think they make the playoffs. Aaron Judge could come back tomorrow, and I don't become a believer in this team. And does he do more? Yes, he brings he brings a lot of offense, and he also, I do believe, every great captain does this, lifts everybody up yeah. around him. But 
not enough. I mean, you have the Orioles surging in the AL East. You have the Rays, who have been pretty good, all really good for the majority of the year and still one of the best teams in the league. You have the Blue Jays, who are playing good baseball. You have the Red Sox, who are playing good baseball. And then you have the New York Yankees, who can't hit and get swept by the Dodgers without Mike Trout. It's a nightmare to watch them. You have Angels. Carlos Rodon. Who, what did I Angels. say? Dodgers. Swept by the Angels. And then you have Carlos Rodon, your new prized possession, who's yeah. finally back. And I, I understand he hasn't pitched much this year. So pump the brakes a little when he has a bad outing. But he walks off the field to booze from the crowd, and he's blowing Oof. kisses to them. Oof. Like, it's just a nightmare of a situation for everybody. Mm. So this isn't about Aaron Judge. This is about every single person on the Yankees roster underachieving. Mm. So no, okay. I don't, I, I, or yes, I think the Yankees will, will miss the playoffs. Ouch. Ouch. All right, let's move on to our next statement. Oh, wait, can I, I had one more thing. Oh yeah, This Tell is me. interesting. Tell me. Since June 4th, Alex, yeah. June 4th, Shohei Otani has 20 homers and 136 at-bats. The New York Yankees have 38 homers and 1,168 at-bats. That's crazy. I mean, we were even having this conversation with Smoltz, you did, like saying how it would be a good deal for the Yankees to trade for Otani at the deadline, even if it's just on loan and you don't get to keep him. I think he would probably. That, he I, said that a week ago. I bet you he's changed. Oh, 100%. I'm like, at right now, like where the Yankees are at and yeah. seeing that how the team is as, as a whole, that's, yep. out of, that's out of the picture now. Yep. That's completely out of the picture. Yep. Now I'm ready. Now you're ready for the next <laughs> statement. Okay. Well, Stay. We're going to stay in the AL East here. Stay. Stay. <laughs> stay. A dog. Stay. <laughs> All right. Orioles will hold on to first place in the AL East. You know, they finally take, they've, first place is theirs by mere percentage points. Record wise, like it's, they're this, the Rays are even in the standing. Yeah. But by mere percentage points, if the season ends, Right now, this moment, the Orioles win the AL East. So, yes, the, the Rays haven't been great since their 30-9 and nine start, mm -hmm. which 30-9, and nine, you, could, you can afford to not be great for the rest of the year and yeah. coast and play 500 ball and probably get into the playoffs. But that's what they've been. They've been about a 500 ball club since their 30-9 and nine start. But I don't, I don't want this... I don't want this to be about the Rays. I want this to all be about the Orioles and what they have done lately and how mm -hmm. good they have been playing since since the All-Star break, since before the All-Star break. They went on that win streak. Yep. They, they've just called up prospect after prospect this year and continued to, to rake. I mean, their offense has been fantastic lately. Then you have Yanir Cano and Felix Bautista in the back end of that bullpen. So can they hold on? to first place in the a in the juggernaut AL East this mm -hmm. year. In my honest opinion, I think that depends on what they do at the trade deadline. Ooh. If what, they, do you, what do you want to see them starting do? Starting pitching. Starting pitching. They need it. They they add uh they added Shintaro Fujinami mm -hmm. last night, yesterday, yep. which I really like. So Fujinami comes over from Japan and signs with the Oakland A's. And it was, for lack of a better word, an abysmal start to his career. 
So if you look at his ERA right now, it ain't going to jump off the charts at you. It's not yeah. good. But over the last month plus, he's been really good. And they they used him as a starter at first, then move him to the bullpen where everything got a lot better. And over the last month, he has a 2.77 ERA, striking out nine. His K per nine is nine. He throws over 100 miles an hour. He has a splitter in the mid-90s. His stuff is nasty. So you pair him with a back end of a bullpen that already has Yanir Cano and Felix Bautista, two all-stars, by the way. Then you look at, okay, well, you don't need a you don't need to get a ton of depth out of your starters when you can have a seventh, eighth, and ninth inning, guys. But the reason I say I can't yet say that they will hold on to first place in the AL East because I need to see what they do at the deadline. And if they do not add a single starting pitcher, I don't think this team has the starting pitching to win the division. I think they're a playoff team. Okay. I just need to see them add, shoot, nobody really knows what's available besides all the the Chicago White Sox rotation. Add one of them. Giolito, Lance Lynn, Dylan Cease, I think to a lesser degree. I I don't know how available he is. I keep hearing his name. I don't think Dylan Cease is available. But check in on him. But I need them to add one of those arms in the rotation because I just don't think this starting rotation is where it needs to be to win the AL East. So... Let's reassess in 11 days. But right now, the AL East is theirs. And I will say, if they add a starting pitcher, an established starting pitcher, this answer will be yes for me. Dang. Dang. I know. Well, just (laughs) at the beginning of the year, when you look at the... When we looked at the AL East, it was just... There were so so many more scenarios that we thought were going to happen. Yeah. I mean, I picked the Blue Jays to win the division. And then Tampa Bay just took control of the entire league. For the first couple of months. And if and at that point Yankees dropped to the bottom, Aaron Judge injury. Right. There's so many factors. Any of those. If you were to tell me at the beginning of the year when I picked Blue Jays that the yeah. Yankees would win the division, not shocked. If you were to yeah. tell me the Rays win the division, not shocked. But if you were to tell me the, the Orioles win the division this yeah. year, I thought they'd take a big step. But this big of a step, I mean, this has been yeah. a blast. And I've been saying it all year long. If this season ends without me sitting in the bird bath. <laughs> I'm going to be upset. (laughs) It's going to happen. Well, you mentioned the trade deadline. So on to our next statement. The Mets need to embrace selling at the deadline. Uh, I disagree with this. They're They're nine and four in the month of July. They've, as we sit on Thursday, they've won... What, three in a row? The last one against the Dodgers and then the first two against the White Sox. They've won three in a row. Three in a row. Um, Six and four in their last ten. Yes. They've been pitching much better, but they're seven games out of a wild card spot. The division's out of hand. Sixteen and a half out of the division. The Braves are the best team in baseball. The division's out of hand. You're playing for a wild card spot. And I actually think the teams that are ahead of them in the wild card race – they are they not they are. They should be better than. It's the Cubs, the Padres, the Reds, and Miami. Right. And then the the wild card teams that are in a spot right now are who? Giants, D backs, and Phillies. Phillies. So theoretically, the Mets the Mets have the talent to to creep back in this race. So as you sit now, it was like it was close to ten at the be at the end of June. 
So now you sit seven games out. You have teams in front of you that are a lot of them are on a streak in the wrong direction right mm-hmm. now. I I don't think they need to embrace selling, but they do still have how many teams right now did you mention are ahead of them? In, One, two, three, four. Four in between in them between in a playoff spot. Getting into the wild. So spot. that's too many. That's too many. Yeah. If you get to June. I mean, they're tied with the Cubs right now, seven games, and then Padres are six and a half out, Reds are two out, Miami's a half a game out. If you get to July 28th and you're still five or more games back, back with four, four teams, teams. Okay. yeah, because if you're if you're they're seven back right now. If you're seven back with only one team in front of you, yeah. it's like that could be made up in in a week and a half. You know, they they go on a losing streak and you win all the games, you're fine. Yeah. But if there's still four teams in between and you're five or more games out, that's when you start getting in trouble. And that's what I talked to John Smoltz about uh, for Saturday with Smoltz. We can play a clip of that. But that's what we talked about is if you're the Mets. Or any of the teams that want to be good but that are on the bubble, where is that line? At what point do you draw the line and say, okay, it's too late and we are too far back? Because everybody says you wait until the deadline, then make your decision. But where do you make that decision? And I thought his answer was really interesting. Let's listen to that. I think uh, you have to be four games out of a playoff spot before the trade deadline to continue to go in the narrative of, they're good enough, then they're better than most of the teams that are in front of them. They just haven't played that way, right? They haven't scored. If they can score runs, which I thought would not be a problem for them, their pitching is way better in the rotation to handle that. So if they flounder around the same distance behind, it's unrealistic. One, flounders, flounder is such a good word. <laughs> I just think of flounder, the fish, and Ariel. Wasn't his name flounder? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. The, the yellow fish. Yeah. I think it is. I'm getting, I'm getting nods. I'm seeing nods around the studio. Yeah. Yeah, Flounder. Um, so Smoltz and I, what I had just said is I think five games, and he says four games. If you're not within four with all those teams in front of you, but then you're talking about making up three games somewhere in, in 11 days. They got a lot. They have work to do, but they're yeah. playing really good today. Uh, Jose Quintana makes his debut for the Mets. He's been Ooh. out all year long. That was a huge signing, a huge part of that rotation. Justin's pitching great. Max is pitching much better. Kodai Singa, All Star, been good. Quintana coming back. The offense is starting to hit. This Mets team in July is what everybody expected this year. Is it too little, too late? I would say no. I would disagree that they do not need to embrace selling. Yet. Yet. Ask me again next week. Yes. Okay, that's fair. Moving on to our final statement. We're staying on the trade deadline topic here. The Astros will be huge winners at the trade deadline. I've heard some crazy things come out of the Astros camp lately. Tell me. Um, One being that they're all in on Dylan Cease, who I'll say again, I I don't think he moves. But, you know, I watched... I watched the White Sox last night. I watched the whole game. They're so bad. It's so bad. They're like the, it is. the talent is there. I don't even know if that's true. It's just true. frustrating. It watching that offense. Mm-hmm. If I was a fan of the Chicago White Sox, I I could not watch games. I just couldn't do it. 
It's so bad. The offense swings at everything. You, you, you spend something up there, and I don't want this to take away from Justin's start because, honestly, he was really good. But the approach, like when you get – if you have an inning where a pitcher throws nine pitches, you, you messed up. Mm-hmm. If you allow him to go out the next inning and throw seven pitches, you're not a good baseball team. You can't do that at the major league level. You can't allow a pitcher like Justin to go out there and just be through six innings on like 60 pitches. You just can't. And that's what their offense does. They're, they they don't change approach. They go up and swing. It's like, okay, we're not a good team. We're out of it. I'm going to try and hit a home run. No matter any time in the game, no matter if the guy in front of you got out on one pitch, there's no approach. You know, you learn this in the minor leagues very early. You learn it in college. If the guy in front of you pops out on the first pitch, you got to take a pitch. And if you don't, you better hit a double in the gap or your ass is on the bench for a long time. And obviously with major leaguers, you can't do that. You can't bench Luis Robert. You can't bench – well, there's not a lot of guys you can't bench on that team. But my point, like, how would we, How do I get on this top? We're talking about the Astros. Uh, yeah, okay, the White Sox stink. You- Trade everybody. <laughs> Trade everybody. Keep Luis Robert. Trade everybody. No, but we said the Astros are going to be huge winners at the trade deadline. Who yes. are they going to get? Dylan like, Cease. Okay. I've changed my mind. Trade him. Get as much as you can for him. Reload your organization. I think the Astros, the Astros always tend, this this gif right now playing, if you're watching, is the epitome of me right now talking about <laughs> the is. White Sox. It's Elmo with it's the flames Elmo on fire. Uh, like, yeah, yeah. maybe he's not on fire. Elmo's not. Flames behind him. So, the Astros always make a big splash at the trade deadline. However, this is a new GM taking it. Dana Brown's now in charge. What does he do? But I just remember years past, the Astros would forever make a big move, and then you think it's done, and then they go out and, and do something even even bigger. You know, like a couple of years ago, I remember uh, Jeff Lunau was the GM of the Astros, and I remember... I remember exactly where I was at the trade deadline, deadline, and he made a big move. I forget what it was, and everybody's like, oh, my God, the Astros are going for it, and I remember tweeting that. And his wife, Gina, side-messaged me on Twitter and said, just wait a few more minutes. And that's when the Zach Granke signing came Whoa. through. So they're always like a really good team that positions the, – the Astros don't position themselves for – a playoff push at the trade deadline. They position themselves to be World Series champions Mm -hmm. at the trade deadline. And are they going to do that this year? And how is Dana Brown going to go about the trade deadline? I think they absolutely become huge winners. I think they add a big piece somehow, some way, that we might not even know is available right now. But, yeah, you look at this roster, and the realities of the Houston Astros roster is they have an inexperienced bench, they have an injury-plagued rotation, mm-hmm. and they have a good bullpen that has a very overused four guys that you use all the time. So you could add everywhere, theoretically. Yeah. You could add a rotation arm to, to help. You could add a bullpen arm to help alleviate the stress on the four guys you're overusing. And you could use offense because, every, I mean, everybody could use Always. an offensive bat. But they're about to get back Jordan, who's on a rehab assignment. Who's your daddy? That's why I'm wearing the shirt. Who's... Your daddy. Mm-hmm. Who's your daddy? Altuve. But yeah, I, I think they position themselves to become huge deadline winners and position themselves again to go in a World Series. 
This is an exciting 11 days. I love the trade it's, deadline. You know, we're on Otani watch, which I don't know if anyone expected that to happen, which is great. And yeah, we're going to see some big movement here, yep. which is fun. That wraps up making a statement. So we're bringing back another segment that we used to do, panic or patience. Okay. I'm going to give you some teams and you tell me if their fans should start to panic or just, you know, give it a little time. They've got the pieces Wait it out. Be patient. Okay. Okay? And we're going to get started with the Cincinnati Reds. Cincinnati Reds. Panic or be patient? Um, I'm going to take this in, in an interesting direction. Okay. I'm going to say, now this is on the heels of them not being very good lately. They're 3-7 and seven in their last 10, went on that 6-7 or seven game losing streak, and they're now on the outside looking in of, at a, of a playoff spot. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say be patient. And that's not to say that they – if we're looking very nearsighted, if we're talking about this season specifically, then I – yeah – Panic, you know, but coming into where the Reds sit right now makes me so excited. Mm -hmm. Not even as a, a, a Reds fan per se. And I never liked it. Like I'm a fan of the Reds, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm not a Reds fan. I'm so excited watching them for the future. They finally called up Christian Encarnacion Strand, which is a mouthful to get out. And every time I do it, I celebrate internally. <laughs> Ellie De La Cruz is up. And then you look around the field, Matt McClain, Spencer Steer, then a pitching rotation. They've done what they've done this year without Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo for the majority of the season. So Reds fans, be patient and just enjoy this ride and journey. Is this a playoff team this year? I think that's icing on the cake. I mean, they're only two games out of a wild card spot. Right. But I'm not even – that's icing on the cake. Yeah. You know, like I don't think heading into this season, Reds fans would have said we're a playoff team and if we don't make it, we are going to be pissed. No, this season has been awesome. With one of the most exciting rookie classes in Major League Baseball. Yeah. I, I just think there's so much reason for excitement with this team. And I look at the future and I see a starting pitching rotation – of Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo and Andrew Abbott and a back end of the bullpen with Alexis Diaz and a lineup with Ellie and, Str and Encarnacion Strand and Matt McClain and Spencer Steer and TJ Friedel and, like, Jonathan India. It's like the writing's on the wall. Mm -hmm. As long as they don't screw it up, which their ownership, their, the ownership and GM is the last piece of this for me. You have it. It's there. The future is is there. Will they screw it up? Maybe. They, ha they're, they haven't proven to me that they are as committed to the future as they need to be. But the time is right now where this team has every single making of being a juggernaut for the next decade. You just have to do it right. You have to keep that rotation intact. You have a big three in the rotation that's nasty. You have a closer. You have a young, exciting lineup that is – young and exciting right now. They're yep. doing what they need to do right now. Be patient with this team. And I say that as in, even if they don't get to the playoffs this year, be patient because things have turned around in Cincinnati and this team is going to be really, really good for a long, long time. I agree. On to our next team. To panic or just be patient. The Tampa Bay Rays, the team that was 
one of the best teams, the best team in baseball for a majority of the season, slip down a little. Are you panicking or are you being patient? I'm I'm panicking a little if I'm really if I'm Rays fans. Why? Well, they've been playing under 500 baseball in July. They've been playing 500 baseball for two months now. So, and and then you relinquish, you, you give up the lead in the AL East. You're no longer leading the division. You still have a strong hold on a wild card spot, but you can't you can't get a wild card spot by playing 500 baseball the rest of the year. It won't work, Mm-mm. especially when you have the Blue Jays on your heels. Um, the Astros or Rangers will be on your heels. So I just, I'm panicking a little bit. Do I think the Rays get into the playoffs? If I had to say right at this moment, I would say yes. And I do think they're a good team, but man, the pitching injuries have started to catch up to them. You know, like you just had guy after guy at the beginning of the year go down and you just said like, how are the Rays doing this? Well, they're not doing it anymore. So I'm panicking a little bit, and uh, I think they're just holding on hope to to have a to grab a wild card spot. I mean, they have a five and a half game lead in that first wild card spot right now. All right, does do you feel comfortable with that if, if the way they've been playing? I mean, they're they're slumping. We knew this was going to happen after having the incredible start to the season that they did. It's a 162-game season. Every team is going to have highs and lows. They're just in their low right now. I think they figure it out, and they bounce back, and they make it into the postseason. Well, they they started the season 30-9. and Insane. So this is no longer just a slump when you're 60-39. and so that math, yeah. let me do it real quick. You were 30 and 9, you're now 60 and 39. That means 30 and 30 on the dot. Yeah. 500 baseball over your last 60 games, that ain't a slump. It's 2 months. That's just average baseball. It is. For over 2 months. That's fair. I'm panicking a little bit. Okay. On to our next team. The Mariners. Panic or be patient? Uh, panic. Yeah. I, they're 47 and 48. They're, do you have the standings in front of you? The, yeah. the wild card standings? Uh, wild card, they are just below the Angels. So they're five <laughs> and a half. Panic then. If you're below the Angels, yeah. panic. Angels are four and a half. They are five and a half out of a wild card spot with one, two, three teams above them. Okay. So it's not bad. No, I, I, I don't think you're looking at the standings panicking on July 20th saying we're five and a half out panic. No, you're, you're panicking because there's no offense to be found on your team no. and there hasn't been all year long. And there's two teams in their division ahead of them in the wild card standings. Yeah. Where's, where's the offense from this team? You know, I actually don't think the Mariners did enough this offseason. I really don't. I was I was underwhelmed with the offseason that they did have. Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez has been a piece that they added that has underperformed. But I I just don't think they did enough with a with a rotation that's there and playoff worthy. I would argue their rotation is is every bit of of being able to win the American League, but their offense wasn't there. 
but you had you saw it last year. It was the first year that they got into the playoffs in 20 plus years, and Julio came onto the scene. And I understand Julio also has underperformed a bit from what everybody expected. So yes, we're dealing with underperforming, but the offense was never good enough. The offense was never where I thought it needed to be to take that next step. I thought they were ready to go on a push to be American League champions. I really did. I thought they could give the and the Astros a run for their money. I thought they put up a much better fight in the playoffs than the New York Yankees did against mm-hmm. the Astros. I know they got swept. Both of them did, but they were closer. Every it was a one-run game. Yeah. They were every game came down to one swing here or there. They could have won that series. And then I fully believe they could have beat the New York Yankees. With that rotation, I just felt like they needed a big splash offensively. And they didn't make that big splash. And now you're dealing with underperforming. And now what you have is a sub-500 baseball team. I'm panicking. Where's the offense going to come from for the last two, three months of the year? Uh, Okay, Julio, be better. Yes. Yeah. That's one spot. But, like, where's... I, I don't know. I just I was really disappointed with the offseason they had, and I'm I'm now here on July 20th, still disappointed in the offseason they had and what they added around Julio Rodriguez, who I love and I think is a superstar, and just needed to add the pieces around him and let him go and lead the team to playoffs after playoffs after playoffs. And there's a really good chance that they don't make the playoffs this year, and that's disappointing. Now our next team is uh, quite opposite of what you just said about the Mariners. They added all the pieces that you thought they needed and had extremely high expectations heading into this season and then have had a very disappointing season. The San Diego Padres. Are you panicking <laughs> or are you being patient? Hey, we're, I think everybody in the world should be panicking yeah. about the Padres. This is the ultimate panic. What the hell is going on? You have an offense that is... An all-star team. A literal all-star team. Yeah. At the top of the offense, I yes. understand the the depth of the lineup might not be the best, but I don't care. You're yeah. dealing with an offense that's literally the top four guys are are all stars, and yet they they can't hit. The pitching has been what's even kept this team remotely in it mm-hmm. this year. This one's easy for me. I panic, panic, panic. I don't even know. I, I it's. It's awful. Bob Melvin said this recently. This was a miserable day. Tatis said, it's a terrible day. Tomorrow's a must win for us. Manny Machado said that. That was after the the pair of losses on Saturday. It's not good. This is the ultimate panic. Yeah. The ultimate panic. Yeah. Okay. Well, our final team, I feel like we need to have a little therapy session about our next panic or patient team. The Angels. Because do we be patient as this whole Otani situation plays out? Or do you panic because you might lose him and you don't have Mike Trout? There's a lot to unpack here. Go. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack. The The Angels are the epitome of the, our pets' heads are falling off. Yes. They're a complete panic mode right yeah. now. And yes, they've sweep the Yankees. They're playing better, but it's complete panic mode. If you don't win every game between now and the end of the month, what's going to happen with Shohei Otani? What's going to happen with this team? We could be talking about a week and a half from now, this organization changing forever for all time, for the rest of history. 
What what do you do with Shohei? It's the ultimate panic question. There's no time to be patient. There's an owner in charge that I don't believe in whatsoever. I'm panicking absolutely. What's our owner going to do? He could wake up one day and said and say, "I want to give I want to give some 38-year-old a 10-year contract for $300 million. I don't want to trade Shohei. Maybe I do want to trade Shohei. I don't want it to be to the Dodgers because I don't even have a reason for it, just not the Dodgers. The, the guy in charge doesn't even know what he's doing. Why should anybody else not be panicking? Everybody should panic. I'm panicking, and I don't even know why. It's full panic mode for the Angels. If you're, you're not in a playoff spot, you don't have Mike Trout, Shohei Otani's literally carrying the team. Will Shohei Otani even be on the team in a week? What do you get in return? Is he going to resign? Will he stay on the team? Will he resign? Can that actually be a possibility? This is full panic mode. I, I, honestly, they're playing good, but forget the playoffs. Mike Trout's out for a long time. This isn't a playoff team as it currently sits. You just ran into the New York Yankees who stink. Panic. Absolutely panic. I'm panicking. The fans should panic. Artie Moreno should panic. The GM should panic. The players should panic. Who else should panic? Our friends in the PR de- in the PR department should panic. Everybody should panic. Everybody. The, the rally monkey should panic. It's full panic mode for the Angels because this organization could change forever within a week. Yeah, 11 days. Let's yeah. breathe. Let's breathe before we move on here. Ready? You okay? I didn't breathe. You did. Can you do it? No. <laughs> no, you just. You want to stay? Okay. He wants to stay angry. Let's let's keep the. Do we fire have another going. team? No, that was the last team. We ended on uh, the angry note. I need to de-stress. Them. Thank you. Okay. Are you gonna breathe? Yeah. Okay. Do it on your own time. I just I want them I want them to be good. I really do. Everyone does. I Everyone wants to see the best players in the game succeed. I don't want people to hear me say that and think like I'm going off on the, the I want the Angels to be good. That's I where want, the frustration comes from. I want Trout in a perfect world. Yeah. In a perfect world. And people may say, well, Shohei needs to be on a different team, get more eyes on. In a perfect world for me, Shohei Otani is with the Angels and Mike Trout, and they get into the playoffs, and they're one of the best teams in baseball, but we're nowhere close to that perfect world. Yeah. Nowhere close. And they win a World Series. That's also a perfect world. If we're, we're going to stay in the perfect world, that's, that's what it would be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <sighs> now time for some uh, fan cues, TQs. Okay. Let's Twitter do it. Twitter questions. You ready for it? I'm ready. Okay. Our first one comes from Daniel. Going to your Tuesday night tweet, who would you trade from the Tigers, except Torque, to get Shohei Otani to Detroit? <laughs> so now explain Shohei this. to the Tigers, baby. Not happening. That was my tweet. Not happening. I forget the exact wording of my tweet, but it was okay. basically like, okay, the Tigers had just won, looked at the standings. They were five and a half games out. And I had fully convinced myself that Shohei was going to get traded to the Tigers. And I believe I ended that with no further questions at this time, please. And thank you. Um, so okay. the question, who would you trade from the Tigers? Good question. Uh, Colt Keith, the number one prospect. Uh, Jackson Job, big time prospect. Matt Manning, part of a no-hitter recently. And Eduardo Rodriguez, a big time vet throwing really well. Four names. And you know what? Just just to really seal the deal for the Angels, throw in Javi Baez. Whoa. 
Well, that, that would deter, that would derail the deal that, at this point. Yeah, I'm just saying that's. Javi Baez for Shohei Otani, straight up. Who says no? Moving on. Great question. Shohei to Detroit. <laughs> okay, on to our next question from Brian. Which playoff contender needs more pitching? Orioles. Mm. Orioles. There's a few, obviously. But we talked about the Astros earlier. Yeah, but the Astros, I think, are in a it's the cherry on top sort of move. They can still figure it out. Yeah, they're they're a play they're they're able to to win the American League and to win the World Series the way their roster currently is. Yeah. Are they I'm not saying they are, but I'm saying they're a their team right now is capable of winning a World Series. I don't believe that to be the case with the Orioles. I think they can be. I think they need to I think they need to add starting pitching. Uh, but playoff contenders, I would also throw the Diamondbacks in there. Mm. Desperately. Zach Gallen, great. Merrill Kelly, but whew, add pitching. Diamondbacks, Orioles are the two that really, really come to mind for me. That Are they a playoff team? Yes, but it's fringe. But if they add pitching, they're very good with an ability to do damage in the playoffs. Okay. Final question comes from Seth Green. Ben and Alex, if you catch a home run from the visiting team, are you keeping it or throwing it back? Like in the stance, you catch a home run ball as a fan, are you keeping it or are you throwing it back? Is, is this as like me? Yeah. If I were to catch a home run ball home or away, I'd give it to a kid sitting next to me. And let them decide what they want to do with the baseball. That's cute. Thanks. Yeah. No, but see, you know, like, I even foul balls. I think I got a foul ball last year at a certain point. You just look around for the yeah. kids and give them the ball. And yeah. Let them decide what they I want agree, to do. and I like that. And I'd probably do that in every situation, minus if I'm sitting in a Dodgers game and it was an Astros home run, you, you got to throw it back. You have to do it. Yep. Why? Why? I've no, no, no. Like yeah. why? Why? I I've always under at Wrigley. It's like a thing. Yeah. But like why? I you know it's just I've never really, really understood the throwing the ball back on the field. If I'm at Wrigley, hell yeah, you I do to. it just because it's you a thing to. there. But like everywhere yeah. else, like no, it, I I feel like it would also be a, to thing. a kid. It would also be a thing at Dodger Stadium if the Astros hit a home run or foul ball, you're throwing that back. You heard it here first. Yeah. Alex hates kids. I What? No, I love kids. Wow. That's, That's just It's a sad no, ending. stop. We are it's not ending sad, on that. It's a sad, sad ending no. to a great show. No. Thank you all for listening. <laughs> Why you gotta be so mean? I'm going to that concert, by the way. Are you? Uh-huh. Let's end it on a high note. Curry's going to Swift. Woo! You are? Yeah, I secured tickets. <laughs> I'll just I'll just keep bragging about it for the next couple of weeks. When is it? Uh, a Monday, I think, like August seventh. Let's see. Yep, August seventh on a Monday. Hmm. Yeah. Well, let's hope you don't steal anything from kids while you're there and throw it back <laughs> we on won't. stage. We won't. <laughs> We're gonna be dancing. We're gonna have a time. All right. That was a good, good Thursday episode. We will be back tomorrow with another fun Friday episode of Flippin' Bats. Thank you all for listening to this Thursday episode. You know what we gotta explain tomorrow, Alex? We gotta explain our singing 
wager. Oh, you mean your competition, your seeming competition that all the fans are going to be voting for? Are yes, people voting? Yep. Well, I guess we'll talk about this yep. all tomorrow. I'm singing soon. We'll break it all down tomorrow. Thank you all for listening to this Thursday episode. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, threads, and you can watch everything, everything on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Until tomorrow, my friends, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats.